May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture is from Psalm 8, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. O God, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are humans that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas, O God, our sovereign, how majestic is your name. An excerpt from The Life of a Day by Tom Hennon. Usually, days just pass, mostly unnoticed, unless they're wildly nice, such as autumn ones full of red maple trees and hazy sunlight, or if they are grimly awful ones in a winter blizzard that kills a lost traveler and bunches of cattle. For some reason, we want to see days pass, even though most of us claim we don't want to reach our last one for a long time. We examine each day before us with barely a glance and say, No, this isn't the one I've been looking for, and wait in a bored sort of way for the next when we are convinced our lives will start for real. Meanwhile, this day is going by perfectly well adjusted, as some days are, with the right amounts of sunlight and shade and a light breeze perfumed from the mixture of fallen apples, corn stubble, dry oak leaves, and the faint odor of last night's meandering skunk. Thank you, Mary. And I have the privilege of welcoming up Dave Bosselman, who will join me for today's sermon, a reflection on the themes we're exploring, as well as explicitly a reflection on Monarchs by Penny Bosselman. Dave, would you join me up front? Dave, thank you again for joining me. It's always a pleasure, I think, especially for the congregation when we get a break from your regular preacher's voices and get to uh, hear from one of our longtime community members. We're very honored to have you reading and sharing poetry from us today from someone who's very near and dear to your heart, and I'm sure near and dear to many of the longer timers here in this community. Now, before we get to the poem and into our theme of the miraculous nature of life. I'm wondering if you could share a bit with us about the wonderful author of this poem, Monarchs, and how it was that she approached her poetry. Well, uh, (laughs) uh, Penny was a very keen observer of nature. Um, There were several events early in her life that I think strongly influenced her. Um, 
One was that her, she was very close to her father who died when she was 12 years old. And uh, then her, she and her mother moved to a little town in Illinois, Forest, Illinois, where she grew up. And, and there she had a relationship with a horse that was owned by a good friend of hers. And I think she cared for that horse. I don't know that she rode it, but... And then when she was in her 20s, she... Um, she had a brain aneurysm. She collapsed while teaching in school um, out in New Jersey, and, uh, and that was a pretty traumatic experience for her. And she, uh, it took some time for her to recover her, uh, her ability to speak. She lost her ability to play the piano. She, she uh, lost her field of vision on the right and never regained that, but she functioned very well. But anyway, I think, I think those events, you know, impressed upon her. She real after that she realized how precious life was, and and uh, and so she was very present to everything. And for someone who's let's say relatively new, like myself, or maybe even newer or visiting, how did you know Penny? Uh, I'm sorry, what? How did you know Penny? For anyone who, who might be missing that context. How did I know her? Uh, well, well, I met her here. Um, um, I reached out to her uh, when I was separated from my ex-wife and, uh, and, and, and just needed somebody to talk to. And uh, so that's what started it all. Uh, and I invited her to lunch. And she was ready for a relationship, but I wasn't. So <laughs> we... But we struggled uh, for a while, but um, finally, after three years, we got married. Yeah. And so I now have the pleasure of asking you, or inviting you, Dave, to um, read your late white wife's poem, Monarchs. And um, either before or after you read it, I, I would like to, to invite you to, um, to share if you remember her writing this poem, or um, what was like the first time that you heard this poem from her? I don't remember her writing it. She would write her poetry when I was at work, and uh, and uh, she would sit at home looking out on the woods and and uh, write her poetry. Then I think it was inspired by um, a uh, an experience we had at Carver Park. Uh, we were out there with some friends, and we came up across a monarch staging for their migration, and it was really quite amazing. I mean, there were at least hundreds of them, maybe thousands of them on the goldenrod out there, and uh, so it was, uh, it was quite remarkable. And, uh, and the poem Monarchs that she wrote, uh, here is the cast of characters, this mysterious sky, like a giant blue hat pulled over the head of the earth, and this field, clear and grandly spacious, a suitable set. This borrowed jacket, too big for my body, but rooms to hide these brightly colored birds who will enter on cue. The minor characters, stands of goldenrod, bright gold of kings, tall and waving grass, and crickets and mice, all cleverly disguised at themselves. And things unseen, like wind waiting for a cue, her entrance. Now enters the main attraction, the cash cow, that which puts even spaciousness to shame. 
swelling, sparkling, swarming in the September sun, orange as pumpkins, coming in clouds and herds and millions, on the brown path, on the goldenrod, in the blue sky. And now the winds cue, applause. Do you know what you carry inside? Can you speak it? Can you rise in the morning light wearing your own beauty? Thank you, Dave. It's, um, you know, when you submitted this poem earlier, uh, I think late spring, early summer, uh, it was before, in case anyone hasn't heard, uh, the news came out that, that monarchs are being put on endangered species lists. Um, and I have noticed that I have seen far fewer of them this year. I don't know if that has to do with the, the drought or the heat or the fact that they are becoming endangered. Um, it also reminds me that, um, you know, I, I have a daughter who I really want to share a lot of these beautiful things with, and I desperately want to show her fireflies, and they are not where I live. No. And, um, you know, I can picture Penny in many ways just sitting on that porch like you mentioned. Uh, the same way that I picture Mary Oliver, for those of you who know Mary Oliver's work, just I imagine her sitting underneath a tree, just slowly watching the world around and taking it in. Um, and I wonder about and worry about whether we are running out of that capacity as a society or if we're going to run out of nature to take in and appreciate. And I guess a couple things come to mind. Um, well, the first question maybe being that it seems like Penny was someone who was not only observant, but someone who made time to slow down and, and take things in. And I, I'm wondering if that was something that, that the two of you shared as a couple or that she was able to be a, a teacher for you within? Well, she was, Penny was many things to me. She was an entertainer, uh, she was a mentor, she was a, a best friend. Um, um, but no, the love of nature we both shared. I mean, we were exactly alike. We were, it was, it was incredible. I, I don't know how I got so lucky. I, she, we, were, we were the perfect match. We were both mm -hmm. INFJs on the Myers-Briggs scale. We were both introverts. So we spent, we liked to be, we preferred to be alone. We preferred to be, spend time just with ourselves and uh, and out in nature was our favorite and boy we were out in it a lot uh, we I mean we had it in our backyard um, we would put crack corn out for the critters and we a lot of critters would show up you know uh, um, uh, of course the deer and the squirrels and the bunnies and the crows and the wild turkeys and and um, and we had the privilege of being able to spend time on the North Shore, on Grey Marais, and up the Gunpoint Trail, and then in Sarasota, which is a whole different um, environment where um, I was a bird rescuer, and, uh, and uh, but no, we shared, we shared this uh, awesome reverence for nature um, as, which Mary Oliver had too, of course. You know, I, the other thing that it, it makes me think about, you, you use the word awesome reverence, um, which in some ways makes me think of that Psalm 8 that we read, this, this wonderful telling of the splendor of God and this just 
I can see the, the poet, the psalmist sitting down and just in being in awe. And um, I, you know, we, we live in this, oh, look at me. I left my smartphone all the way over there. I was going <laughs> to hold it out as a prop, <laughs> being a, a good human being, and I left the phone over there. We live in this age in which so much is at our fingertips. Yeah. And yeah. you mentioned the sort of setting out cracked corn and, and just waiting to see what arrives. Like there's, there's an element of that that is outside of your control, that is waiting and letting go and patience and observance. Whereas, you know, nowadays if I, want, if I do want to show a picture of a monarch to my child or a video of fireflies, I can, I can do that in an instant. It's right there. Um, but that's not, the, that's not the same as kind of discovering life around you or even being discovered by nature. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, you know, you and Penny who have spent so much time just taking things in, um, what is maybe a, a busy, fairly smartphone addicted maybe not addicted, but very plugged-in person like myself, miss out on a risk by not having that kind of slow outdoor time? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think a lot of people kind of prefer to live with distraction from, they go from one distraction to another, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a, it can be kind of a scary world, and I think uh, some people just prefer to, to be distracted. And That's a good word. You know, I, I don't think I use that word, but that is a very good word. I think that I'm bored or I'm sad or I'm lonely. Let me fill that with a, a distraction. Yeah, yeah. And, well, you know, I think uh, for many people that works very well, and, and that's okay, you know, but... Uh, uh, but Penny lived very deeply, very deeply, and uh, she was in touch with, uh, so in touch with nature, in touch with her feelings. She taught me so much, um, taught me to be authentic, which was so important. And uh, um, I don't know, people miss, if, if, there's, if they live that distracted life, I guess they just miss the, the, the incredible beauty and um, amazing complexity of, of all that's in nature. Um, yeah. If Penny were alive and with us still today, and if she perhaps was seated with us as a third, um, what advice do you think she would have for, for our weary world, our, our distracted world, our, our busy, overscheduled world? I thought you might ask that question, Brennan. In fact, I reminded you to make sure you ask that question. <laughs> um, well, my, you know, I, I wrote a book about, I co-authored a book about Penny's life and our life together, and um, my co-author uh, uh, listed these uh, under what she called Penny's Pearls, and Penny's Pearls were these. One, connect deeply with people. Go to nature and your higher power, and they will speak directly to you. Love life, because love is magical. Second, be present as much as possible to all that is happening. Notice the subtle beauty of, 
all around you. Delight in and appreciate it. Work to protect it. Engage in all that you find nurturing, but don't over-engage. Keep your boundaries. Laugh. Laugh at yourself. Laugh at life and try to make others laugh. And he made me laugh so much. <laughs> Uh, don't expect to find clear answers to the big questions about life. Be content with the mysteries. Live, live the questions. Wonderful. We'll have those be Penny's last words for us. And I want to ask one last question of you, Dave, to help wrap this time together, which is, you know, I think so much of Penny's advice and her poetry reminds us to slow down, connect, take in, be inspired, find the miracle and the beauty. Um, I'm wondering, what are, what are you finding miraculous and inspiring these days? Well, I have these post-it notes uh, around the house that say, be present. And, you know, don't miss, don't let the day go by without noticing it, you know, <laughs> without realizing it. Um, you know, it's just the incredible complexity of, of life. It's, you know, do you know, take, take the human foot, for example. It has 26 bones. It has uh, 30 joints. It has over 100 muscles, tendons, and ligaments. You know, that's just to keep, us, keep it working, you know. Um, and we kind of take our foot feet for granted unless we have foot trouble. But, and, and well, after reading the, the book, The Hidden Life of Trees, I mean, who knew that trees communicate with each other? They, 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 it's an amazing book. I, I just, I was amazed reading that book. It's, uh, there are four or five ways that trees communicate with each other to, to protect each other, to warn each other of pests. And they, they have the ability to give off uh, uh, chemicals that will, um, uh, alert other trees that there's a there's a predator in the neighborhood that will actually um, attract uh, predators to insects that may be uh, foraging on them. So you know it's just that's just the the amazing complexity and beauty of life. Um, um, having. Uh, experienced a lot of that, uh, kayaking with dolphins in Florida and manatees and, and gators and big gators and uh, um, it's, uh, it's just, I'm in awe, you know. Live life in awe and be present. We'll have that wrap our time together. Thank you, Dave, for sharing and for sharing Penny more, more deeply with us as well. It was a delight to be able to hear you read her poem here in this space in this summer. Thank you, Brennan. Thank you. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. 
Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.